today's episode of Small Screen Stories, HBO Max might want Ben Affleck and Jared Leto to star in a Batman movie. People want Dwayne Johnson to be the next president of the United States. Tom Cruise is making a COVID-19 free village. Plus, I explain why John Boyega would be the perfect person to play the Green Lantern. So sit back and enjoy this episode of Small Screen Stories. Hello, and welcome back to Small Screen Stories. This is the podcast where I go through all the news of the week in the worlds of entertainment and pop culture, and I also review some stuff every now and then. So let's kick things off by chatting about HBO Max reportedly wanting to make a Batman movie with Ben Affleck and Jared Leto. Yes, this is true. Apparently, the uh, HBO Max is looking at making another movie in the DCEU universe, and by get it by getting Ben Affleck and Jared Leto back in this Batman movie, it would be unprecedented, completely unprecedented, of course. Ben Affleck would be coming back as Batman, Jared Leto would be coming back as the Joker. And this brings up its own kind of interesting aspects and also problems. So I suppose, first off, I should say that I personally absolutely absolutely loved Ben Affleck as Batman. I think he was a great Batman, but he was just in some pretty kind of average movies. I really liked him in uh, Batman vs Superman. I thought he was great in that film. I thought they made some choices with the character that I personally wouldn't have done, but they were kind of interesting, something we hadn't seen before. Basically, this is a very broken Batman that he's playing, and he's this kind of the same as Bruce Wayne. He's he's very uh, isolated. He's obviously gone through a lot of stuff prior to this movie, and that means that he's killing people. So, well, he, he really is. I mean, it's he's using bullets and stuff, and he's obviously, in the film, he uses a tank. So he's definitely killed some people, and he's also branding people, which is something we haven't really seen in any any of the comic books, really. It's a very kind of, um, I believe this was a Zack Snyder idea. It's something he really wants to push forward, the fact that this is a very different Batman from the one that we've had in the past. He's broken. And a lot of that reason, I think the reasoning behind that, why they, they obviously wanted to kind of expand upon this in future movies and were never allowed to, because... Well, we all know what happened with Batman vs Superman, and then we know what happened with Justice League. I have to say, uh, Ben Affleck in Justice League was not as good as he was in Batman vs Superman, but that was not his fault. That was definitely a fault of the film and the way it was cut, and the fact that it was directed by two different people. So there are a whole host of reasons why that film was bad, and why um, his performance in it might have been a bit odd, especially compared to how it was in Batman vs Superman. And also, I mean... I have so many issues with BVS uh, in general, like the fact that Batman kind of stops wanting to kill Superman because he realizes that their mothers have the same name, which is a very odd moment in the movie. But uh, I also, I, I, I think there's a lot, that there, there was a lot there, a lot there to explore, and it wasn't down to Ben Affleck why the, these issues. He actually played the role very well. He certainly looked the part. He, um, I think he's the best like uh, uh, looks wise i think the way batman looks and and the um, the the suit and 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 the action in it is definitely better than any other batman film before this definitely the voice was right as well i kind of liked the fact that he uh hid his voice using technology it kind of made more sense than just the christian bale kind of weird growl so there was a lot there that i really liked and i, I like this as an older batman and i like the idea of making a movie that is set before BVS and actually a prequel and maybe if they were to do this then this film would explore what happened to him and it basically would explore the death of Robin which was teased in BVS we saw uh, we saw Robin's outfit his 
in the background and it had it was obviously it was all um it had jokers writing all over it and you know, there's the ha 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 and all that stuff and um it would be interesting to see that and what happened what happened to batman it would also be interesting to see who they cast as robin that would be pretty cool and uh, it it means that they could explore the graphic novel batman and death in the family which is a really interesting graphic novel and it would open up a whole host of like avenues to go down for in the future so i like the idea of how actually i I really do like the idea of actually having two different versions of batman at the same time because it means that we could do something really different with the characters in those movies so robert pattinson's batman could be is definitely going to be very different from the ben affleck version but that doesn't mean we don't have to have them both they do this all the time with the animated movies. It may, I suppose it makes more sense in the animated realm because people, first off, they're not as watched by many people, as many people. Secondly, it's really kind of diehard fans that watch these things, watch these cartoons. And But I also think the pull of having Ben Affleck and Jared Leto in a movie, I, th- I really think people would, would go and see that I, I i don't i can't think of anybody who wouldn't really want to see that really i, I mean i suppose i am in a very kind of I'm, I'm in a bit of a bubble the people i know are very interested in this stuff already but even the people that hated bvs and hated justice league and hated this version of the dc comics universe i, th- I still think they'd be really interested in seeing it the other the, the other reason why i'd be really interested in seeing it is because of jared leto so Yes, his performance in Suicide Squad was weird. It was not good. It was all over the place. He was playing like a two-bit gangster who had tattoos. And it just, it was, in a way, it was very kind of pantomime uh, in a weird way. It was, you could tell that there was a lot of stuff that wasn't in there that had been shot. It was kind of edited. It was just, it, it was weird. The story didn't make sense. Joker's motives didn't make any sense. But the issue is, is the issue with Jared Leto's performance or is it with studio interference? And I actually think it's the latter. So let me explain. David Ayer, who directed uh, Suicide Squad, supposedly, actually came out recently and said that um, Jared Leto's performance was ripped out of the movie. So basically, we've known this for years, is that they filmed so much footage involving Jared Leto. He went very meta in the movie, not meta, he went very method, sorry, in the movie and basically kind of was the Joker for the two months they were shooting the film. So there was a lot of footage there. And it the reports are that a lot of it was great, but it eventually was just cut by the studio because they just felt it wasn't right and they wanted the movie to go down one avenue, whereas David Ayer kind of wanted it to go down a darker, more Joker-focused, Joker-centric avenue that I suppose may maybe the studio was a bit scared by what Leto was doing, was a bit... They weren't really sure that audience was, audiences would get it. They're probably right. Like I haven't. Nobody's actually seen this David Ayer cut of Suicide Squad, so there's no way of um, <laughs> of saying of actually saying that his performance in that film, in that version of the film, would have been any better than the one we got. But according to Ayer, it was, and that that to me is interesting. I do think Jared Leto is actually he's very strange. He's um, I get the sense that he's he's quite full of himself as well. He's, you know, he's not just into into acting. He's also into music. Yeah, he's got lots of different things going on, and he takes himself very very seriously. And and I, I 
I, I did have a problem with his with his performance in that film. But if you take a step back and think, actually, maybe the problem isn't him. Maybe the problem is actually the editing, uh, the fact that stu- the studio, you know, Warner Brothers came in and completely kind of changed the movie. They basically got a trailer comp- a company that cuts trailers to edit the film. And you can really tell when you watch it. Suicide Squad is by far the worst uh, DC EU movie ever made. It, it, it's it's worse than Justice League, and um, the, and the reason is because it's edited just so badly. The film starts multiple times. It has like six different beginnings because they're introducing each new each character <laughs> again to the movie. Basically, starts over again, and it just it's just weird to watch it. It's it's almost like watching loads of kind of. It's like watching loads of trailers cut together into one movie. It's like watching a lot of different um, music videos, almost. And uh, and I really didn't like it. But I really do think there is scope here to bring Jared Leto back as the Joker. Because yes, we've had um, you know we've had the Todd Phillips film Joker. We've had the Joaquin Phoenix version of Joker. And yeah, I I actually really like that movie. I think it was a very interesting take on the character. But again, much like having Robert Pattinson and, and Ben Affleck both playing, doing different versions of supposedly, supposedly the same character, why not have, uh, you know, why not have Phoenix doing his Arthur Fleck and then Jared Leto doing his more kind of comic book accurate version of the Joker? I mean, comic book accurate, it's not really comic book accurate, but, you know, his his more kind of extravagant, let's say, version of the Joker. And I also really do want to know what happened uh, before BVS. I think that would be a really interesting way to go. However, the f- the problem with this rumor is that it's it's apparently HBO Max that wants to make this. Do they have enough budget to make a movie that, that make a movie of this size? Not only, I mean, not only would you have to pay people like Ben Affleck and Jared Leto who aren't cheap, uh, you'd also, I mean, this film would, it would be a big budget movie. There's also, uh, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but there are rumours that the guy that played uh, Deathstroke for about two seconds, Joe Magnello, I think his name is, oh, I'm butchering that. But um, there are rumours that he is also possibly going to be involved in this in this movie. And that, I mean, that's interesting. I, I, think, I actually think his, for the <laughs> 30 seconds, he turned up as Deathstroke at the end of Justice League. I actually kind of enjoyed what he's doing. He looked great. Um, why not give him a shot? You know, why not? But I suppose all of this is to say that I would personally like to see it, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's just, it's going to cost too much money. You know, HBO Max is going to be a really interesting place for these DC Comics movies moving forward because, the, I mean, we know that Zack Snyder's Justice League is coming out on there and that's great. There are rumors that David Ayer's cut of Suicide Squad are going to, is going to come, but you know who knows if that's going to happen. And then if they actually start making new movies, new films, then it would be a really interesting way for Warner Brothers and HBO Max to explore different ways of releasing movies. Because with, if anything, COVID nineteen has has shown that the movie industry needs to think of different ways to make money. It needs to think of different revenue streams, and this is the same with a lot of businesses. But they need to think beyond just releasing things in cinemas. They need to think of a different way to make money from make with movies. One way of doing that is to make films specifically for streaming, which Netflix 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 are already doing. But those the films that are coming out on Netflix are by no means the same 
budget as a Batman versus Superman. That they're, they're getting closer. That they're, they're getting there. I mean, Six Underground, for instance, the god awful Netflix film that was directed by Michael Bay. That was one of the most expensive movies ever made for for streaming. It was terrible. I mean, don't watch. <laughs> I mean, if you like Michael Bay, maybe you'll love it. But I thought it was awful. But they are getting there. They are starting to to kind of figure out ways they could make films for streaming. The problem is, is you're never going to get. And I mean, you prob you have to work out a new way to make money from that because you're not going to get the same amount of money you get from releasing a movie in cinemas just because the, you know you don't. If you're subscribed to a, a streaming service, you'll just watch the film. You don't have to pay any extra to watch the film, so you're not getting the ticket sales, and that's that's an issue. That that is actually quite a big issue. Maybe they could do it with, um, I mean, even more advertising within within films, so product placements and stuff like that. Maybe they could figure out a way to do that. I worry that a lot of it would be Chinese money, so or it'd be foreign investment, which you have to be very careful about because then you know you can start getting having getting politics involved and things like that with certain companies you never know what's where this money's coming from as well it can be a bit it can be a bit worrying maybe the maybe an idea of having a a premium subscription service where you get access to these big blockbuster releases but you have to pay more that could be one way of doing it who knows we're still a ways off from this so but the the truth the fact of the matter is that studios have to think of new ways to make money that's beyond releasing movies in cinemas because i'm not sure i really don't know how like maybe tenant will will fix well not fix things but show that things are can go back to normal but i, I really don't see things going back to normal anytime soon so if they want to if if movie if movie studios hollywood studios want to stay in the green want to keep on making money they've got to think of new ways to bring in bring in the cash and make films and release them new ways of releasing them anyway let's move away from that and on to Dwayne Johnson so Dwayne the Rock Johnson recently posted um, a, basically a speech across all his social media platforms and it was it was a very powerful very moving speech basically calling Trump out for the um, his lack of leadership uh, in recent times, especially with everything that's going on in the US and the United States at the moment, basically um, tr Trump's reaction to the protests is mainly focusing on the looting. So that's therefore created more riots because he said some really quite stupid things of late. So, so basically, Dwayne Johnson came out and and um, and delivered this really powerful eight-minute-long speech, posted it on his social media platforms. And it and it got a lot of traction. Of course, it's The Rock. You know, he's the biggest movie star, the biggest celebrity in the world. He's one of the most followed people on Instagram. Yeah, he's huge. So people are now calling for him to be president. This is this is not the first time I've heard of this. This is not the first time I've heard of people begging Dwayne The Rock Johnson to run. I mean, whether or not he can be president in twenty twenty, he can run. I don't know. He's quite late to the game. You know, we're already it's already basically a two horse race. Could he could he run as an independent? Yes, he could. It would require a lot of money though. Is he prepared to do that? I don't think so. I would love I mean, I think he if I were American, I'd vote for him over the two, you know, candidates that uh that is that you're currently having to pick 
between I'm not American, I can't vote, I don't live in the United States. But it seems as though a lot of people in the US, a lot of people around the world are desperate for Dwayne Johnson to run. And honestly, who would... I, I can't think of anyone better to kind of represent the United States on the global <laughs> global stage than Dwayne Johnson. He's literally the epitome of the American dream. The guy is a self-made man. He was he was he didn't grow up um in a wealthy family he had to make everything himself he's and he's become the biggest movie star in the world it's it's a massive success story it's kind of he is the embodiment of the american dream therefore he would make also he'd make a very i think he'd make a very good president he'd also i don't think anyone would mess with him <laughs> and he also speaks very well his when you when you watch him on social media, he's very eloquent. He's he seems like he's a very caring person, and you know I I would definitely trust him more than the current president. Talking of the current president, Donald Trump, um, Anonymous is back, and um, I'm not gonna talk about this for that long. But Anonymous is back, and they le- leaked a bunch of documents linking Donald Trump to Jeffrey Nepps, Jeffrey Epstein. It seems as though there's been a lot of focus recently on Jeffrey Epstein. A lot of that is because of the Netflix documentary that came out. A docu-series that came out recently called Jeffrey Epstein Filthy Rich. I spoke about that on um, two podcasts ago. It is, I really enjoyed the docu-series. I think it's it's very interesting, but I also think there's more to explore there. And these leaks, these recent leaks uh, are quite disturbing. And um, the tie, it seems as though the ties between Trump and Epstein were a lot closer than Trump had wanted us to believe uh, basically in the docuseries it, it did mention that Trump uh, was a neighbor of Epstein's and um, and the two of them have been pictured together multiple times but then Trump said that uh, the two of them had a falling out and he'd barely spoken to him in years maybe this leak is the reason why uh, just I mean I did do an article about it on the site you can have a look on the site and uh, there's more detail there and you can check out the leak for yourselves but I'm not going to spend too much time on it here because it's quite sensitive and it's quite disturbing and I I don't it's it's um it's a, it's a leak it's alleged it's not you know it's not backed up by any fact so just be cautious with it that's all I'm going to say moving on uh, Ray Fisher might be playing cyborg in the flash movie I really really hope this is true because I feel very bad for Ray Fisher. The guy basically had no credits to his name before before um, Batman vs Superman. Uh, he was uh, a pretty unknown actor, and uh, he was given um, a, a great opportunity to be cyborg by uh, Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder has spoken about him at great length. Is you know, he's a big he's a big fan of his. He thinks he's a fantastic actor, but unfortunately, we haven't really ever uh, seen. Really, his, I mean, we've seen him play Cyborg, but we haven't seen him get to do that much with the character because I'm pretty sure he was cut, almost entirely cut out of Justice League by uh, Joss Whedon, which is really sad because I, I think there's a lot to explore with the character of Cyborg. Apparently, he was going to be much more important in Snyder's version of, uh, of the Justice League. And according to Zack Snyder, there's going to be a lot more of Ray Fisher in in um Zack Snyder's Justice League and he's actually said that he's he's got he's the star of the movie uh, which is really interesting to see um to hear uh, hopefully to see and now there are rumors that he's actually going to be in the Flash movie now this Flash movie first off I'm not I'm not entirely sure if it's even going to even going to happen 
because of what uh, what's happened recently with um, Ezra Miller. I mean, if you want, well, recently it was a couple of weeks, months ago now, maybe he was uh, filmed strangling a fan in a bar in uh, I think it was in Helsinki, and it's not a good look. Uh, will this movie will this movie happen? Who knows? Honestly, it, I mean, it does. It does have a, di- a director now. It's uh, Andy Muschietti who's directing it. Supposedly, he's the director of It and It Chapter Two. And I, re- I actually really like him as a director. I think he's a really interesting director. And I think, you know, give him some time, give him a good, a good, hopefully a good script, some good actors, and he could do something really special with this film. So I do hope it goes forward. The rumors are currently that Ray Fisher's cyborg is going to play an important part in the movie, which I really like because in the comics. The Flash and Cyborg are basically best buds. They're really close. There were there were elements of that in, the, in Justice League, but it was never really explored. So let's explore it more in the Flash, if that movie ever happens. There are rumors that it might be Flashpoint, but that's been kind of banded about now for a while. This this film's gone through so many directors, so many writers. It's just, I mean. I hope it happens, but who knows. Let's move away from the DC universe and on to Marvel. So apparently Black Panther 2 could feature the introduction of a major X-Men character. So it looks to me like Black Panther 2 is actually going to be really important for the future of um, the MCU because I've been talking a lot about the DCU. Now that's got its own problems, but the um, the MCU is kind of in a weird... Uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is in a weird spot at the moment because... We're now post-Endgame. So what does that mean? We've basically been watching, I believe it's 26 movies. I'm not sure. That might be wrong. But we've been watching uh, a lot of movies basically all leading up to Avengers Endgame. That was kind of the name state. You know, the name is Endgame. That was the end. But they're carrying on. You know, we've we've got a, a whole load of other movies coming out. We've got Black Widow coming out. We've got Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 coming. You know, that makes more sense. We've got the next Spider-Man movie. I believe it's called Spider-Man Home Run. Don't quote me on that. That's they're the rumors. Hasn't been officially announced. But now that Marvel um, can use the X-Men characters and also the Fantastic Four characters after, the, after Disney's acquisition of Fox, it basically means that they're going to have to lean... I mean... They're not going to have to, but they have the opportunity to introduce the X-Men and these new characters and even Deadpool into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we're kind of in a weird spot because it could go either way. It could be brilliant. They could do a fantastic job with these characters. I hope they do. I have a lot of faith in Kevin Feige. But they've got to think of a way to really move the Marvel Cinematic Universe on and to keep people interested and the X-Men, I think, is the key. And um, I also think Fantastic Four is the key because they're new characters and people want to see new characters. Now, there are a, a, a lot of the films that have been announced are kind of, you know, you've got Do- the, the next Doctor Strange movie, which is um, reportedly going to be directed by Sam Raimi. Although, even though Sam Raimi has said that he's doing it, it hasn't been confirmed officially. It kind of is, is kind of almost just radio silence from Marvel at the moment, Marvel Studios. But I'm pretty sure he's doing it. And that was after Scott Derrickson uh, left for, let's put this in quotation marks, creative differences. Um, I love Sam Raimi. I think he'll do a great job. I think Doctor Strange uh, into, the multiverse, into the Multiverse of Madness is a fantastic title. And I'm really looking forward to that. But that, a lot of these movies are just continuations. You know, it's just a continuation from the previous Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. 
the next Thor, you've got Thor Love and Thunder, you've got Taika Waititi coming back for that. That's great. That's all fantastic. But really, the Marvel Cinematic Universe needs to do something different. It needs to reinvent itself. And that's where Black Panther 2 comes in. Because again, it's another kind of sequel, but it's a sequel that will introduce, I believe, what will be the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is the X-Men, which is mutants, which is uh, hopefully with the Fantastic Four more kind of uh, and kind of piggybacking off Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, more kind of um, exploring different universes, exploring exploring the multiverse, exploring diff- getting away from Earth, I think is actually really important. And um, th- I think they're going to be pivotal in that. And I think if Marvel's smart, they, they will realize this and start to go in different directions. Look, they've got the Blade movie coming out. You know, that's, you know, this is basically confirming that vampires exist in this in this universe. So they could they could even start doing horror films. You know, it, it, it's something. It's both kind of you're a bit worried because you don't know what's going to happen, but it's also also incredibly exciting. And they've also got the Disney Plus series coming out, and I think they're going to be very important. And talking of Disney Plus series, apparently Thor, Chris Hemsworth's Thor, is going to cameo in Loki. So according to the rumors, it's that he's going to cameo in Loki season two. I'm a bit skeptical of that because I don't know whether Loki's going to get a season two. I'm pretty sure Loki's a one and done thing. So I really, I would love to see him involved in this. But honestly, I'm not sure if we need it. I actually like the idea of seeing Tom Hiddleston on his own, doing his own thing with the character. And this is, of course, a different version of the Loki we kind of came to know in the movies. This is more... This is kind of this is Avengers, the first Avengers Loki. You know, this is kind of bad Loki. So that that is interesting in itself. Uh, it's reportedly going to be kind of a time travelly type uh, series. So maybe Thor might turn up, maybe he won't. I don't know. But the rumours are that he'll cameo in it. So moving away from all the the Marvel stuff and onto the Mandalorian. So according to John Favreau, we've kind of known this for a while, but nothing's been officially confirmed. But he recently confirmed that The Mandalorian Season 2 is going to be coming out in October. So that means it will premiere in October. So the first episode will come on uh, Disney Plus in October. The way Disney Plus releases The Mandalorian kind of annoys me, but it's understandable. It's done week by week, which I don't think the show really suits that format. I think the show, it kind of suits, it's a better show if you binge watch it. Because I think if if you watch it from episode to episode, each episode isn't brilliant on its own. Um, you know, there, there, there's like an over there's an overarching story there that you want to know more about, and it would I think it would it's far better, far more enjoyable if you watch it all in one go. Which is why we've heard reports that they might want to release the the whole series as a movie, um, which would be interesting. It'd be one way of doing it, um, but yeah, it we are. I mean, this is going to be the biggest thing that's going to come out this year thanks to covid this is going to be huge um and it's it's they're lucky because they managed to shoot most of it right before the pandemic hit but also you can edit you know you can do most of that from home which means they've been able to continue working on this and i actually spoke a bit about the mandalorian with um jeremy webb on one of the episodes one of the previous episodes of the podcast and he spoke about about this as well how 
uh, th this series was there that they are they were able to do a lot of the editing from home. It was the same thing with the Umbrella Academy. They were able to uh, to do a lot of the editing from home, which is why the Umbrella uh, Umbrella Academy is coming out on July thirty first, which is really exciting. So yeah, October October is when the Mandalorian season two is going to come out, and then. Um, we're moving uh, away from TV and back to movies. It's been reported that Tom Cruise, it, he has, um, he's going to make, or he plans to make, a COVID-19 free village so he, could, he can finish filming Mission Impossible 7. This is the most Tom Cruise kind of type news I've ever heard. It's like, how, how do we, how do we <laughs> finish this movie? Let's make an entire village. I can just imagine him saying that with a massive grin on his face and getting really excited about it. But it's actually, I mean, again, this is like the the movie movie industry needs to figure out a way to kind of carry on making movies even whilst we're in a pandemic. And again, it's something I spoke about with Jeremy Webb about like how are they going to be able to start filming again? It, you know, these films there's a lot of money here and they kind of they don't need to be made but they do need, need to be finished um because there are a lot of people involved in making them there are a lot you know lots of people's livelihoods uh at stake here because they're massive productions so maybe doing this sort of thing is actually the best way forward for these big blockbuster movies is like just having everyone in one space that's have everyone be tested and then ensure that they can work safely and not really worry about about the virus, about the coronavirus, and then just get the movie made. And um, it kind of, you have to think about how things are ventilated and things like that, and it will cost a lot of money. And, um, you know, you have to house people and things. It's, it's, it's a massive headache. But if anyone could solve it, I'm pretty sure it's Tom Cruise and, uh, and Paramount Studios uh, who are making the movie and you know, I'm I'm really excited to see Mission Impossible uh, Seven. It was actually filming in Venice right before the pandemic hit, so it was pretty badly hit, and they just shut down the whole production and and moved the hell out of there as fast as they could. But I mean, it does mean that they won't be able to shoot in location, which is another issue. It's like it's always better. I I think films are always better when they're shot on location because you actually see monuments and it's it feels more. <sighs> kind of it feels more real and that was one of the reasons why i loved i adored the last mission impossible film mission impossible fallout the scenes in paris i thought were fantastic the scenes in london i thought were fantastic because they were shot there and it it, it the, the idea of having kind of a covid free village to film this film and to get it done it it's an interesting idea but you're also then you're, you're kind of going into a whole load of other issues there because you're not going to be you're not going to be able to replicate a New York or a London or a Paris or, or the you know it's just impossible because it's a massive scale and um, I mean maybe one way of doing it is kind of looking at how the Mandalorian was shot which is all kind of it's shot uh, they use Unreal Engine and they use um, panels so it's all done inside so that could be one way of doing it, it I mean the Mandalorian looks great and um, I think I actually think that the way the Mandalorian is shot I think that's going to be the future Anyway, what the I wanted to end this episode by talking a little bit about John Boyega. Um, John Boyega has been in the news a lot recently. He was um, he was at the protests in London and he delivered a, an incredible speech about about Black Lives Matter, and um, it was really really moving. If you can 
if you've, I'm pretty sure you've seen it already. It was all over social media, but if you haven't seen it, please go and check it and check it out because it is, it's an impassioned speech, and he speaks so, uh, so powerfully about about what it's actually like, you know, growing up in not in I suppose in London, uh, being a black man, being part of uh, he's a. Um, yeah, his his parents emigrated from Nigeria, and it's like it's it's so powerful. What's going on at the moment is 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 really important, and we need we 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 need to rethink. We need to take a good look at ourselves, but also we need to listen to people like John Boyega, people that have experienced this. And um, I was just thinking about. I mean, he he during his speech, he kind of said, I. I don't care about my what this is going to do to my career. I don't care if I don't have a career after this. But I actually think it's going to be it's going to operate the in it's going to be the opposite for him. He is going to do very well. I mean, uh, you knew this before before this happened. John Boyega is a fantastic actor. If you've watched him in uh, Attack the Block, he was brilliant in that movie. The best part of that film, it, actually, if you haven't seen Attack the Block, go and check it out. It's a fantastic film directed by Joe Cornish. I love that movie. And it was his first film. From that, he ended up getting Star Wars. And I think he's one of the best things about Star Wars. Even though his character is not treated the way he should have been. It's kind of, he does some really odd things in it. And it's all, it's some, a lot of people didn't like his story arc in The Last Jedi. I, I completely understand that. I actually think he was given a bit of a better kind of, He's brilliant in the first film. Like you look, watch the, he's brilliant in all the films, but his character arc is is the most interesting character arc in the first film, and he deserved a bit more. But then he also went and did things like Pacific Rim Uprising, and he did Detroit um, with uh, Catherine Bigelow, which is an incredible movie, and his performance in it is so powerful. And I think I I think there's no better actor than him to play Green Lantern, and uh, I did a. Um, I did a feature about this on the site, and it's um, I just I think he's so he's so perfect for the role. First off, he, we know he can do an American accent because he does he does it perfectly in the Star Wars movies, but also he would make for a brilliant John Stewart. So John Stewart is the is the man that takes over from Hal Jordan as Earth's Green Lantern, and I think I think the DC I think Warner Brothers and DC Entertainment they know that they need to focus on uh, John Stewart moving forward as opposed to making a movie with Hal Jordan we've already had one movie with Ryan Reynolds as Hal Jordan and I don't think Hal is the right Green Lantern for for the current climate we're living in I think it would be far more interesting to have Jon Stewart uh, learn uh, how to become a green the Green Lantern the Earth's Green Lantern from Hal Jordan and uh, you know Hal Jordan passes on the torch and that's what it's like in the comics and I think Jeff Johns, who's uh, he's he's helming this supposed. I mean, he's doing he's helming the TV series that's coming out on on HBO Max. But there's also rumors that he's also going to be doing a movie. So I really, really hope that they take a a, look, a, a good long look at John Boyega because I think he's fantastic. And I think he's perfect for the role. They've now, as a side note, there've there've also been um, rumors that John David Washington is also in the running to play uh, the Green Lantern, play John Stewart. And I think he's also a fantastic choice. So he um, he is uh, in um, Black Klansman. He's brilliant in that film, and he's also he's going to be in Tenet. Now I can't say he's, if he's brilliant in that film either, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be great in the, a Christopher Nolan movie. So his career is definitely taking off. 
Personally, I think I, I mean I've seen more of John Boyega. I've seen more of his work. I think he I he would be my choice personally. I would love to see him play the role. I also think um it would be interesting if this Green Lantern ends up becoming more entangled with Robert Pattinson's Batman and seeing them act uh, alongside each other would be really I think it'd be really cool. But you know, who knows what's going to happen? Who knows if they're even going to make the Green Lantern film? People have been asking for it for years, and then they're going the Ryan, Ryan Reynolds version, and it was terrible. One of the worst comic book movies ever made. That's I don't think you can uh, I don't think you can say otherwise really with that film. Anyway, there was a lot to get through this week, and as usual, I merely scratched the surface of all the news that came out this week. But please go and check out Small Screen, which is at www.small-screen.co.uk for even more pop culture news, features, and reviews. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Small Screen GB. And uh, thank you so much for listening, and uh, I'll see you in the next one. Cheers. Bye.